you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Hi, folks. This is Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. The Chris Voss Show. Com. Hey, welcome to the Chris Voss Show podcast. We certainly appreciate you guys tuning in. Be sure to go subscribe to the show. Refer it to your friends, neighbors, relatives. Let them know. Get them involved in the show. Give us a reference on iTunes and tell them, uh, you know, five stars. Hey, we really love the Chris Voss Show. Uh, we have got always the best guests and some amazing uh, talent that's uh, here today and coming up. Uh, a gentleman by the name of Kirk Hazlett. Uh, Kirk is a public relations professional who turned public relations professor, and he's uh, uh, an APR fellow PRSA. He's an adjunct professor of communication at the University of Tampa, Florida. Uh, he is passionate about ethical PR practice and currently serves as a PRSA Tampa Bay's first ethics officer. In addition, he is a chair to the Ethics Committee, Global Listening Center, an international nonprofit organization promoting the noble cause of listening worldwide and encouraging individuals and organizations and institutions to work together to meet the urgent challenges of society. We'll get a chance to talk about his history, too, that got him here. Welcome to the show. How are you doing, Kirk? I'm doing very well, Chris, and I really appreciate this opportunity to visit with you today. Well, thank you very much for your time. The, uh, you know, I, I had seen some postings of you. I can't remember where they were on LinkedIn or on Twitter or something. Uh, and ethics has always been very important to me as we talked in the pre-show. As a realtor, I used to take a lot of ethics classes. In fact, I think every year they make you take one. Um, and I really think a lot more people should be educated in them. You know, ethics should be taught in school uh, and everything else. And, and we kind of live in this world where it's really hard to find ethics and truth anymore, especially with, the, you know, the games that, uh, countries can play and the social media, you know, craziness and stuff. So uh, give us an origin story. Well, give us your dot coms actually first so people can go check you out. Well, let's see. I, I do have a blog where I sort of rant and rave about everything, and it's literally com. And um, I try to be regular about that about once a week, post up something. And it, it, I ramble down all kinds of roads here, but ethics usually runs into it. You can also find me on LinkedIn. Just look for Kirk Hazlett. In fact, I make it easy. Just look for Kirk Hazlett on LinkedIn, on Twitter, Facebook. I'm kind of hanging out there, making snarky remarks about everybody under the sun and um, having a good time. But I just, one of my things here just to, to talking about that is with social media, why am I so sort of a, aware of ethics because we're out there. We're out there everywhere and people can find us. Every time someone gets in touch with me, the first thing I do is check them out. Mm -hmm. And so not only just who they are, but what are they saying and how are they saying it? So anyway, it's there. Love to see folks on, on LinkedIn. If you want to find out some of the weird stuff I've been doing here or Twitter, where I make snarky remarks about literally everybody everywhere. It's, I don't much care what their position is. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, Facebook, where I put pictures of all the great food that my wife cooks for me all the time. So oh, there you have boy. it. 
Oh boy, that sounds good. I, I need to tune into your Facebook for sure. Then. <laughs> I love home cooked food and, and well made oh, food. That's one of that's one of my things. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, to me, ethics is really important. I feel like this world we've really seemed to have uh, moved away from truth, honesty, uh, trust, um, and and ethics are an important. Uh, what would you call them? Like a a pinnacle or a or a pillar in, in that we probably need to give back in our society. Uh, so give me like an origin story. What, what got you to the point where you decided ethics was the career for you and, and uh, what you uh, are, are, are doing with your time now? Well, you know, for me, it goes way, 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 way back. And um, from my, my professional career, I started off as active duty military and I served in various places. I was in Vietnam for two years, teaching English as a second language um, and I think there is one of the cases where I, I didn't know what I was seeing, but I got a sense of the importance of communicating the truth because <laughs> love to tell the story. And I'm just going to go ramble down this road here. Go right is, on um, <laughs> is um, my, my second year there, I was there for two years, a second year I used to, uh, I taught in the afternoon. So in the mornings I would literally go from our, the base where I was stationed um, outskirts of Saigon, go downtown, go to one of the, the continental palace hotel, which was a really, really nice colonial hotel, had a veranda. And I would sit there and I would read and have a cup of coffee and read two newspapers, stars and stripes, which was a newspaper, published by the, the government, the military, for military, and International Herald Tribune, which was, quote, a real newspaper. And I would read stories about what was happening in Vietnam with the military. And Stars and Stripes would be on this, oh, the great U.S. military, we did yada, 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 aren't we wonderful? And then I would look at the International Herald Tribune, and there'd be America is getting its butt kicked here. Mm-hmm. And so I started thinking about it. I'm going, why are there two different versions? Who's telling the truth? And so that goes back to this truth telling. Don't just tell me what happened. Tell me why it happened, what it means for me, and all of that. So early, early on, got a sense of it. And then as I went through my various, I was in the Philippines for a few years, a couple of bases in the States but had a chance to see different levels of government communication. And truthfully, and this is maybe I'm a naive kind of person, but I was impressed with what the individuals for whom I worked, how they were so careful about making sure that what they told people was in fact the truth. Mm -hmm. Um, So, did that work for them? Worked for Army recruiting for a few years and then decided, okay, been there, done that, let's go do something else. Went to work for Honeywell Electro Optics Division in Massachusetts, where I was living at the time. So now I'm in the technology era and started looking at how they were communicating. And to the, I would say for the most part, pretty straightforward and everything. But once in a while, I would speak see something, I'd be like, why are we saying it that way? So, so again, yeah, it's like, okay. Um, so, but jumping forward, as I went through different organizations, then I got into the nonprofit area and wound up in Hawaii working with the Blood Bank of Hawaii, um, where 
there I saw the, you really got a clear view of what it's like to tell the truth. And that to me, for ethics, just to go back, where am I going with all this? Ethics for me is telling the truth for the right reasons. Um, it's also, and I just I use this with my students and everybody else, it's the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Um, it's just, if, if you keep that in mind, you don't have to always be trying to keep a checklist of what did I say when and where. You know you've told the truth. <laughs> that's very true. That's very true. You know, I, I, uh, that's actually one of the rules I have. Like my, my life's always been pretty complex and busy. It's not as busy. It used to be in the early days when I had, you know, three or four companies running at the same time. Mm. But, but, uh, between juggling business, which I love and my projects and my adventures and relationships, I, I don't have time to, to try and remember what the hell I lied about. I just don't have time. <laughs> like, like, you know, and my friends would always get busted. Oh no, my wife or girlfriend. I told her I wasn't at the mm-hmm. bar with the friends having drinks and, and then I forgot. And then I mentioned it and she's like, you told me you were at the, I don't know, church or something. And he's like, ah, man. And I'm like, dude, I don't, I don't ever want to have to sit around and go like keep my list of lies. And I've actually had friends, two friends that were very Trumpy and they were malignant narcissists as well. Mm-hmm. And they, they were consummate liars. I mean, and one, one was a uh, business and then another one was actually a friend and, and, uh, and, and it was just, it was astounding to watch him. I, I just treated him like he had a mental condition. And I was <laughs> looking at him and being like, you know, I know you're a pathological liar and I just kind of look at you and go, uh, he's my friend. <laughs> he's, he's a special friend. Um, and, uh, but it was astounding the way that he would repeat lies, that he would stack them, that he would have to constantly reinforce them. He would always be selling them to you. And sometimes, you know, I'd just be like, dude, I know you're just, this is a lie. You built a lie. And then he'd be, oh, it's just, and finally you'd just be like, okay, dude. And finally I just had to exit those people out of my life. But, you know, it, it's, so, it's so interesting how once you tell a lie, then you've got to start stacking lies on top of oh, yeah. it, right? You've got to substantiate it. And then, and then you end up in a pathway. Like I would, I would kind of look at a mental map of what some of these people would do with their lives and they would build a life that was just a complete stack of cards lie deck. And, Mm -hmm. and if you, and I would sit and look at it and be like, if you took out this one lie right here, like their whole life would collapse, you know? (laughs) And so and so for me, it's really important because I, I, I can't remember everything I would ever lie about. Like, I just, and I think we get caught in taking little white lies, don't we? I mean, we make little white lies or we make little embellishments, maybe a little bit bigger than we are. Like, well, you know. But, you, you know, if I give you another quick little story, this sure. goes back to when I was like, I think I was seven, 17 years old or something and grew up in, in rural Georgia and the town close to us, the bigger town, the drive-in theater had an X-rated movie. And a friend of mine and I go like, we're going to go to this. We're going to tell our parents that we're going to go out and go have a hamburger somewhere, but we're going to go <laughs> up. And so we go boogieing up to, to, to the town. It's Macon, Georgia, just to, to cut it. I'm from Dublin, Georgia. Um, and get up to the drive-in and <laughs> the cops have already shut it down because it's... Oh boy. It's, you know, it's the 1960s, and I'm sorry, X-rated movies are not real big yet. So anyway, we, we go back home, and we haven't been to the, to the movie, but 
okay, let's go back home. And I walk in the house. My mother looks at me and she says, you went to Macon to see that movie tonight, did you? And I go, how do you know that? Well, Mrs. Blada Blada (laughs) saw you and your friend driving by, recognized your car, and she called me to tell me that. (laughs) And you didn't even get in. Wow. But, you know, but again, Chris, that that goes back to what we're saying here Mm -hmm. is you tell these lies and you say, well, I'm not hurting anybody with it. And yeah, whatever it might be. You don't know that. You don't know who you may be impacting with what you've done. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you've taken one deeper step into the muck yourself. So there you have it. And then you've got to remember it forever. I mean, that's why, that's why my two narcissist friends, they, they repeat stuff. And you may have heard, you know, from somebody else in the, in our world that's in the news a lot that repeats stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. Part of what they have to do is they have to keep repeating that lie. Not only to, you know, this is what I realized with my two narcissist friend, I I got really close to seeing what that's like in the white house. And so my two friends would just, they repeat the lie because number one, they got to remember it. So you can tell they're trying to remember how it was built. And sometimes they'll vary it a little bit, like they're testing. And sometimes they're testing you. They're like, is he buying it? And then, mm-hmm. and then repeating the lie, like I honestly found, you know, I mean, I had these friends for years. I honestly knew that they were lying to me like 99% of the time. And sometimes I sit down and go, look, man, I love you as a friend. You don't have to lie to me. You can just tell me <laughs> how it is. But, you know, we don't have to do this. We can... We can, you don't have to do this with me. Can, can we get like an exclusion zone for the Christmas <laughs> relationship? And, um, but no, that wasn't possible. And so, you know, I just look at them and I just smile and go, well, that's cute. Um, your little lie there. I know that's, you know, just you, the biggest crackhead lie I've ever heard. Um, but, uh, but uh, what was my point? Um, I, I knew that the, oh, the repetition. And honestly, uh, even though I knew they were malignant narcissists and they were repeating a lie to me, I got to tell you, after a time, after a time of repetition, I started to kind of go, well, maybe they're right. And I'd be like, hey, well, knock that off. And so they do that repetition to, to, to have to do it mm. and, and uh, sell it, you know, and everything else. And, and they just wear everyone down around them with the lie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But, uh, you know, it's, and it's interesting to me, and I think you're right. A lot of people have the attitude that, well, this doesn't really hurt anybody. It's a little white lie. Um, for me in business, for me in authenticity, for what I do in social media and being out there as a, as a social uh, sort of public person, mm-hmm. um, authenticity is something that was very important to me. And so I've tried to be as honest as I possibly can at all times. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm perfect. There's sometimes I've embellished a little bit. Or sometimes you you um, you kind of mock up a story a little bit. I remember when Brian Williams used to have that problem where he was uh, he was telling a story that was a little bit too um, you know a little bit too mocked up about uh, something that he was doing uh, some I think it was a helicopter flight or taking fire somewhere or something. Mm-hmm. But because people trusted him so much as a newscaster and a newsman just telling those slight, slight little lies, you know, got him busted and, and, yeah. and almost taken off the air permanently. Now he's yeah. kind of at the 11 o'clock hour on MSNBC. So they kind of threw him in the back, <laughs> but, but um, I don't know. I mean, uh, is there a good way to espouse to people why truth matters and why, why you just shouldn't lie as much as you can? 
I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not one for standing up there and lecturing to people. This is what you should do. You know, <laughs> okay. but, you know, no, but you're asking a very valid point here. So what, what do you do? And the way I look at it is I try to live my life as an example. And yeah, I'm not perfect. So when, you know, none of us, none, nobody's perfect, but I try to do the best things I possibly can. And from a personal, this goes back to day one for me. If I do something that I think may be questionable, I try to help you understand why I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. So it's just, you know, it's that, but, you know, and, but it doesn't hurt to remind people and just sort of segue over into with the Public Relations Society of America, PRSA, uh, on the national level and on, say, the local chapter level, is we try to help our, our members understand why this is important. One, one of the, the, the um, I'm trying to blanking on words here. One, one it's of the okay, things, I do that all the time. <laughs> it's like, what's your name? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of the things for the hallmarks of an ethical professional or why you do this is because it enhances the profession. Mm-hmm. And this goes, you know, you're talking about with being a realtor from the public relations side. I want people to say, oh, okay, he is a public relations person by default, he is a good person. I know he's ethical. I would love for that to be the the norm universally. It's not. But at least keep we keep reminding our members and by default the publics that they, they deal with that we do have a code and a code of ethics that says these are the things that if you do them, you will be acting ethically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and all you can do, you can't can't go around door to door and be an ethics police. I'm thinking about one of the um, <laughs> tel- cable providers down that I keep seeing down here in in, in the Tampa area. Uh, coming to the door, there's a uh, there's a this couple in there. They have this piece of paper and they say, "What is this?" And the one of the guys looks at him and says, "It's a cable bill, ma'am." And then they go through this this thing about how. They're being ripped off by the cable company, yada, yada, yada. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and, but the, the thing is, if I know, if, if you are talking about my profession and you have doubts about what we are doing, then I need to take steps to try to, to change it the best I can. Mm-hmm. And again, you look at PRSA, I mean, we've got 24,000 members. It's kind of hard for me to go <laughs> door to door and say, okay, everybody, uh, this is what you should do. But at least have it out there so that if somebody says, well, how about this? I can, this, the member can say, here is what I believe in because this, this is what I feel like marks me as a true professional, not as a sort of a slime bag, stab in the back kind of person. So, mm-hmm. so you work with uh, the University of Tampa for ethics. Do you do you just teach ethics at the school, or do you uh, or do you do you oversee some function to try and make sure that uh, the organization operates in an ethical sort of fashion? As much as I would love to poke my nose into everything that they're doing, um, I'm an I'm as an adjunct professor there. 
Um, mm-hmm. uh, I'm, you know, I'm a part-timer, sorry. But what I do, we, do, we have the, at the University of Tampa, the Sykes Business School has a center for ethics. And it's part of their business um, curriculum, et cetera. I, I, I actually have a very good relationship with the, the um, everyone within the ethics center. I write articles for their newsletters and try to, to do that. And with the students, with our uh, public relations student association, our American marketing association chapter here is going to this, being that sort of the voice for ethics one thing in particular right now with the coronavirus and all of that, and this, you say, what does that death has got to do with that? Telling you the truth about this. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you've seen it. I've seen it on t- national news and everything else. There's certain people, one of whom I've, I said seven years ago, I would never, ever say his name again, but he's just in the highest position within the government, within the, of the United States of America. Um, you know, who says, oh, there's not a problem, it will go away, don't need to worry about this. And that's bogus. Yeah. Well, we Um, certainly found that out the hard way, haven't we? (laughs) We've done that. But the thing is, but you also have to say, okay, I need to tell the truth on this, but how do I tell the truth so that I don't scare the dickens out of everybody who hears it, but I don't also create false expectations. And I think there's where the... You have to be mindful. How are we saying this? What are we saying? And following through. Not only do you say it, but then you do it. Mm-hmm. The power so, of your word, would you say? Yeah, I would say exa- that's exactly what it is. And I want people, you know, this is to me for communication, communicators, is just what you're saying there. Is when somebody hears what I say, at least they will, their first reaction is going to be, okay, Kirk said that, hmm, I need to think about that and, and see what it really means for me instead of, that's ridiculous, that's another idiotic thing that he said here that doesn't have any kind of basis in reality. But, you know, it's, you, how are you impacting the, the bigger audience with your actions, with your words, with everything else? Mm-hmm. So, so those have uh, those have an impact, you know. Uh, for me, especially being a communicator and someone who's aligned, authenticity is important. The power of my words important, so that when people hear me speak, they know it matters. You know, one of the challenges I've had is if I have a friend who lies from time to time, and usually when they tell a lie, it's usually a big lie. Um, you know, they don't lie consistently like a narcissist does, but. Um, you know, they're, they're pretty consistent where when they tell you something like, hey, I just bought a new car. Oh, yeah? You bought a new car? Nah, man, I didn't buy any. And they'll, what they'll do is they'll be like, oh, yeah, it was a uh, 19 or 2010 or two, what year is it? 2020 uh, BMW 5 Series. So, yeah. And you're like, wow, okay, man, that's awesome. Wow. And they'll, like, tell you the whole story. And then they'll, like, they think it's funny because they think you're going to prank you. And, they, and then later you find out, like, wait were you joking about that and like they, they won't tell you like right away like it like most people go nah just screw with you man i'm just doing that like later you'll real you'll find out they lied and then the problem is they do that so often they become like the uh the boy who cried wolf i mean i guess a lot of people don't grow up with that story anymore like you and i did but back yeah. in the day well yeah but you you cry you cry wolf too many times you you make the power of your word 
Um, does uh, you dissolve the power of your word? I suppose is one way to put it. Yeah. And then people, you you gain repetition where people go, yeah, he's you can't trust anything that guy says. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on with that dude. It is. It is. And uh, so I think it's important. I think ethics are really important to people. Um, and and now in in a in a day where in an age where lying seems to be huge where you have dissemination of information, whether it's from countries that are trying to destroy us by social media posts that are like, yeah, don't wear a mask. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. Go ahead. Don't uh, go ahead and make out with everybody on the beach. Don't worry about getting COVID. Um, and then you have, you know, anti-vaxxers, you have these movements of people that, uh, you know, end up, you see these deaths or outbreaks, like the measles outbreak was really huge mm-hmm. because of the anti-vaxxer movement. And now COVID, uh, a lot of the people that I'm seeing on Facebook that are that are also the anti-maskers are the um, are the anti-vaccine people, and yeah. some of them, some are saying they won't even take a vaccine um, if they if they get the thing uh, if they if they um, if they come up with a vaccine. And you're just like, holy crap! Have you read what this COVID? I mean, every time I read something about this COVID stuff, it's just terrorizing. And the long-term damage of it, we still don't even know. There's people that have what's called glass lung. People lost kidneys and livers. This is like, this is no getting around. <clears throat> it, it, it's not. And what we, again, what we need um, is people at a, at a top level. I'm just using that. And that when they, they say this, they're saying it based on fact. They're saying it based on scientific research. They're <laughs> saying it based on their own personal experiences and they, you have to, when you see them say it, you have to say, you know, wow, he, she said that I could tell in there. It's, let me go back. I'm going to use a, another quick story from when I was interviewing at the blood bank of Hawaii. And uh, I was interviewing with the president. And by that time, I've already worked for two or three different presidents of different companies and stuff. And it's just like, just, I'm not that impressed by the fact she's a president, but I look in her eyes and I can see this fire. She's talking about what, what we would be doing to help the, the patients of Hawaii. And I'm going, this lady absolutely gets it. She lives what she does. And that's mm-hmm. what we, this to me, again, taking to the ethical side here is when she said something, the people who saw that on television or read it would go, if the doctor says this, it is the truth and I must do what she says, period, end of sentence. So it's, you live it, you breathe it, it's part of you. Yeah, and, and I mean, to me, it's so easy to just tell the truth. Um, it's, <laughs> it's uh, you know, like I said, I'm especially not my age because I can't remember half the time I told the truth about what I told the truth about. <laughs> Uh, let alone, a, you know, a stack of lies. Uh, where were you last Saturday? What did I tell her? I told her I was uh, at church uh, when I was really at the bar with my friends. Uh, you know, it's just, it's the power of your word uh, is really important. And I think a lot of people need to take a look at ethics. Um, do you find that ethics is a learned trait? Does it come from, like, the influence of your parenting, the the uh, you know the ethics or morals they taught you. I don't even think is ethics a moral or is it more of a trait. I think it's com- <laughs> that's a good question. I you know I you know for digging deep into it, I think it is a moral thing. It's deep within you. You, I, I think you are born 
either ethic with an ethical tendency or not. I mean, you, you, you see people from, you know, when they're six years old and they're lying through their teeth and go like, where did you learn that one? Um, but it, it also can be learned from the sense of, oh, okay. And, and, and I use myself as an example of that one. Growing up in my family, we were always taught to do the right thing and tell the truth and just from, from the get-go. Um, but then later on, when I studied ethics and I go, oh, okay, that's why that's important. Mm-hmm. I knew it was important, but I, if you were to say, Kirk, why? I, I would not be able to say that. i just say that because it's what I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you can introduce it, you're not going, no, not everyone is going to go, okay, fine, thank you so much. I will be ethical from here on out. They're going to say, you know, it's a bunch of baloney. Mm-hmm. But all you can do is, is do the best you can do. Is mm-hmm. Make it obvious that you believe in this. When you say things, tell people, this is why I am saying it. This is the re- rationale for it. Um, but also be will be open to be willing to hear rebuttal mm-hmm. if some and and be able to say well yeah i see you don't believe in or don't accept what i'm saying here why is that and mm-hmm. see if you can have a conversation you um, know my parents uh my parents really uh drilled it into me to be honest and uh tell the truth if mm-hmm. i was caught telling a lie i was pretty severely punished um in fact one of the things they did that that really helped that stick was like if i like say i said something crappy to my teacher or uh, church leader or or you know i just did anything in my life uh, they would make me go apologize to that person mm. and like sit there and, and it was hard you know i'd be yeah. crying like oh, <laughs> up. uh but you know what i learned i learned some very important lessons and I learned not to be a little lion, thieving, whatever. Um, and uh, I learned that truth was important and, and stuff like that. And I know that in my past, when, when I've seen some kids raised by some folks uh, that have trouble with the truth, that tend to tell, uh, you know, either either a lot of white lies, because I think we all white lie a little bit. We all embellish a little bit. Uh, people, you know, it's, it's found when people date that they, there's a bit of puffery, you know, that they put into their, the, uh, to attract another spouse. And, you know, six months later after you're dating someone, you're like, oh, you don't really own a million dollars in a boat and yacht in Bermuda, or, you know. <laughs> and, and, you know, there, there's some of that. You see that in, you see that in, uh in nature, you know, the puffery of, mm. of, of what people do to, to breed and <laughs> from a basic sense, but, uh-huh. but, but still when it comes to real ethics, then, uh, then people get hurt. Um, like one time I saw, uh, we had someone who worked for our companies, uh, and, uh, what was funny is we'd actually offered him stock in our companies and, um, uh, to try and make him a better, uh, a more integrated partner. Cause he was a fairly good partner, but he never took us up on it. And, uh, later we found out that he had, uh, when he was dating somebody, he had told them that he was a partner in our company and then he had all his money and he was successful when he was really just an employee. And, uh, what was interesting was, uh, you know, I guess he thought 
it would never hurt anybody. Well, the problem was once he got married, his wife started looking around going, Hey man, where's these checks, you know, <laughs> and, uh, where's this job you're supposed to be going to every day. Mm-hmm. And then he had to come up with another lie to substantiate that lie. Well, Oh, Chris and his partners stole the company out from under me and you know, whatever. And then, you know, and so I had found out about it roundabout through a Christmas letter <clears throat> that had been sent to some people in my family, uh, that went, there's a letter going around from this guy's wife who says, you guys stole the company from him and that he was, he, he like owned and ran the, your guys' company. And, and we found out about it through this extraordinary sort of wow. roundabout. And so I had to call him on the carpet and be like, what's going on? But, you know, this is the problem. The, the one lie you go, oh, who's going to hurt to do this lie? You know, I meet this girl. Mm-hmm whatever. And, you know, and then the lie compounds and compounds and then she's out spreading, you know, just basically, uh, uh, basically spreading lies about her company, which almost was slander, but you know, I mean, whatever, it's somebody's Christmas letter, but you know, it's a good example there of how even in those boisterous times of, of, uh, attracting a make, we tell some lies that people find out later. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I've learned to actually watch people when I date or when I meet them or interview them for a job, um, and the lie and any sort of discrepancy or misinformation or lies I find on the resume, that's just an indication of, of the type of person I want to have work for me. Right. You know, that's it. To to your, to your point there In, in today's world, it is so very easy to find out. Mm-hmm. about people and I, I had a friend one time just to say talk, talking about that she was going in for an interview with her new boss mm-hmm. and uh, she, she was a senior level uh, banking person and she said I'm, I'm really crazy busy can you find out anything about my boss just so that I would know something about him <laughs> this was, it was like a quarter to 12 I called her back in 10 minutes I said Ten minutes time, I was able to find out his name, his wife's name, the names of his two kids, the titles of the last three speeches that he had given on behalf of his company, the number of the Boy Scout troop for which he was a scout master. So, again, it's easy, particularly in today's world, to find out that that depth of information about people. And yeah, if I catch you in a lie or an untruth, if I don't want to go too strong on this, I'm going to question everything else that you do Mm -hmm. as well. And that to me is the ethical challenge here. Yeah. I'm really curious how much of it is learned, uh, how much of it is character behavior. Like you say, I know people, you know, are kind of born into their characters when they're born. And and there always seems to be people that kind of, they're always pushing the edge of things. Um, But from what I've seen largely there, a lot of it comes from their parents. They, they take it from their parents. Like usually the little lie people are actually the bigger lie or the people that, you know, they tell you, they embellish a lot of stories and you find out later they were lying and they just think it's funny. They're just like, Oh yeah, I just screw with mm. you. But you're like, dude, I, I, uh, you know, I've had times where people have lied to me, uh, about someone being concerned about something. And I've called that person up and said, Hey, I guess I need to apologize to you. Cause I was told that 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 was offensive to you. Uh, and you were upset by that. And like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, well, you know, your husband told me this and it ends up being an extraordinarily embarrassing moment for everyone. Um, and, 
and and turns out you know i was just being lied to and i don't know why that was being put up you know it's really interesting to me some people that lie that don't really even have to lie it's it's why you know it's so funny it reminded me of a similar story when i mentioned working with the intelligence school and i had a young army um enlisted person who was my assistant she really didn't want to work for a civilian mm. um <laughs> stuff noogies i'm the public affairs officer live with it uh, she comes in one, <laughs> she came in one day and she looked at me and we had our school which was it was literally an accredited school then we had the brigade where the students lived and ate lunch you know ate and all that kind of stuff and she came came in and said this sergeant major up in the brigade is upset with you hmm. and i go really okay and then i got up and put on my coat and she looks at me and just looks she said, where are you going i'm going to go talk to the sergeant major oh. and I, I went drove up to his office and walked in and um, i had never met him before so i introduced myself and um he, he said, you know, sort of said you know what what can i do for you and i said i understand you've got a problem <laughs> and he looked at me, the look was told me immediately she lied oh wow but but again this this is it i as i tell my students all the time you lie to me i will find out that's the funny thing you know it's a great point because eventually the truth does come out like you can mm-hmm. lie like a lot of our stuff that's going on in government or even city governments or you know you, you i mean you see stuff you know, like nixon's a great example there was a there was a lot of stuff he was lying and covering up i mean most people didn't even know nixon was you know anti-semitic and a racist and and they didn't even know he swore like a sailor like everyone yeah, yeah. a lot of people back then seemed to think nixon was like was like, oh, he's like, you know, Jesus or something. Yeah. And then, you know, you listen to the tapes and you're like, holy crap. <laughs> you know, and the truth does come out. And you have to, you know, I, I think just it's really important for people to, I guess, be self-actualized or, or look at their internal choices as mm-hmm. they make. But I think it has to start at a really straight, uh, young age or something. I don't know. I, I, I think, you know, it, it has to and then it has to be, has to be reinforced throughout life. And that's, you know, that's where I, I look at it. And I know I keep saying my students today, but even back when I was working in PR and had people working for me is I, I wanted to set an example of having an understanding of what we truly believe in and then making a conscious effort to do what we say. And, and you know, action, you know, they, they say, Actions speak louder than words, but so I'm going to be a good person. I'm going to do these good things for the right reasons. And then, you know, you can follow my examples. And this is you and I both have been talking about, you know, our parents setting this example for us. And yeah, if I, when I go, go out of this, this world here, I want to be able to say, yeah, I made my, my mother, my dad proud. Mm-hmm. And did the right things for the right reasons. But, but as professionals, you know, we have to do the same thing because others are looking to us. Uh, so it is, it's baby steps. Yeah. Understanding, being able to verbalize so that if somebody asks you why, and then doing it. Mm-hmm. 
recognizing why it's important and everything else. Uh, so, Kirk, give me your uh, plug so we can see what dot coms look you on up again. Okay. Well, my blog is is literally kirkhazlett.com. Um, then you can find me on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, and LinkedIn, Kirk Hazlett. I try to keep it simple here and would love to hear from folks. If you've got thoughts on ethics or anything else under the sun, if I don't know their answer, I'll make it up and you'll never know the difference. All right. Well, sounds good. Thanks for being on the show, Kirk, and helping us out. Hopefully, you can make this world a more ethical place. Be sure to my audience to refer the show to friends, relatives, neighbors. You can uh, check all that out. Go to YouTube.com. You see a lot of the video interviews that we do at uh, YouTube.com forward slash Chris Foss. Thanks to my audience. Stay safe, and we'll see you next time.